a death in the family, the odds on the 2024 presidential election, Boston's insane new abortion policy, your car may refuse to start if you've had a drink soon, and more on today's edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 162 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I'm your host, Darren O'Neill, back after a week off. It wasn't for a good vacation or anything like that. Sadly, my brother-in-law, John, passed away suddenly, and that was the wake, then the funeral. He had just turned 58 years old a week before and basically went out for a nice dinner with the family. And on the way back to the car, he was lagging behind him. They turned around and he was on the ground and that was it. A massive heart attack. And of course, due to COVID restrictions, it was only my nephew that went with them in the ambulance and was the one that was alone when the doctor told him that his dad had passed away. So it's been a big shock as he wasn't in poor health. This wasn't after a long sickness or anything like that. And I've had this conversation with people before because my grandfather went quickly. Of course, he was in his 70s, but was going to a regular doctor appointment with my grandma and my mom. And they went down the stairs of his apartment. And of course, he was making fun of my mom because he didn't like driving in her Cadillac. And she got him into the front door. My grandma got in back. And by the time my mom got into the driver's seat, he was gone. Didn't say anything. Just his head went back and he was gone. And I think that's the better way to go. But you'd like to be maybe at least in your 70s, 80s, 90s when that happens, as opposed to those who suffer for a long time with cancer or other maladies like that. But this was something that was totally unexpected. He had worked out before they went to dinner, wasn't really complaining of anything. But it was interesting. The wake, of course, under a mask mandate. When I wear a mask, I can barely see anything. When I'm not wearing a mask, the vision is pretty much shot at this point. One kind of good eye left. And when you're wearing a mask and it's getting steamed up, it's not a whole lot of fun. You can't really see much of anything. But a lot of people came in for the wake from all over the country, which is also amazing during this time of COVID. So that was kind of nice. People came in from California, from Florida. An old boss of my brother-in-law's came in from Denver. My brother-in-law, like a lot of my family, in the flooring industry. And there were a few reps from other companies that had just found out that day while going out and running into people who came to the wake. So it was really nice. People knew that my brother-in-law had a wicked sense of humor. When I got to the wake and my nephew was the first one to greet us, I said, you know, the hard thing is these things were usually made bearable by his dad, who would always tell the inappropriate jokes, 
would always make fun of the people that would say stuff like, oh, they look so good when they look upon the body in the coffin sitting there at the wake. So it was hard not having that release valve and having him being the one in the box that everybody was coming to see and to pay their respects for. His sister said when she got the news, the immediate thought was this is some kind of bit. This is some kind of gag. Because again, he had that kind of a sense of humor. And it was nice when my nephew got up and said a few words in church and did a great job keeping it together because that is not an easy thing to do. But he said his dad would have been disappointed. Nobody setting off fireworks in the church. The priest, a couple of times, had to lean over to the deacon. And the deacon was one of my brother in law's cousins. And a couple of times, my nephew said a thing that the priest was like, what did he just say? What I think he just said. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, I think, the exactly the way John would have wanted it. That he was going to be disappointed. Nobody setting off fireworks, he said. But at least we had to have a, a gun raffle. And the winner is number whatever. And everybody kind of laughed and the priest kind of leaned in again. I wasn't sure if he was opposed to having a gun raffle at a funeral mass or that he didn't know and didn't get in because he wanted to uh, wanted to get in on the gun raffle. But there was some humor. So that was good in the short term. In the long term, my nephew is getting married next year, was supposed to be this year in April. But of course, COVID and things got pushed back. So that is a big part of this tragedy, not only that he's gone, but that he won't be there for the wedding and he should have been. And my nephew mentioned that recently they had had a conversation that was basically kind of a state of the family, state of the union, whatever you want to call it, where my brother-in-law had asked my niece and my nephew, so what have you learned from us in your life? Because my niece and nephew are in their 20s. They're both out of college doing really well. And, you know, what, what did we impart in you? And a big part of it was to work hard, something I know that I've talked about quite a bit here in other places, which is we have a generation coming up that doesn't seem to want to work, that doesn't seem to want to put in the effort to build themselves a life, to build wealth, to build a legacy. And these two kids do. So I'm sure that my brother-in-law, John, was smiling down as my nephew was giving that little talk, to which he also mentioned the fact that uh, everybody had to compete against the love of my brother-in-law's life, which we'd like to think was my sister, Leanne, but uh, it was Lily, the little Bichon Free, that is like 15 years old now. And the dog followed John wherever he went, whatever he did, would listen better than most animals would have a concept of being able to do to the point of he would teach this dog some interesting things. And I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will appreciate one of those things, which was he had taught Lily who loved cheese. I mean, this dog, if he had a little bit of cheddar cheese and a block, wow, the dog loves cheese almost more than anything else. 
And so if you had cheese, the dog would be your best friend. Lil, very interested in getting that cheese. Now, if he would take that little bit of cheese and he would hold it, the dog would sit there and wait for a minute, really excited that it was about to get some cheese. If he would tell the dog, Lily, you know what kind of cheese this is? This is Barack Obama cheese. The dog would not eat that cheese. No matter what, would not eat that cheese. Seems maybe the dog even understood the work ethic, not taking the handouts, and uh, should probably run for president because she'd be better than Joe Biden at this point as life moves on. I talked in the last episode about thinking maybe my house was haunted here, which I think is a possibility still, but the sink has at least been fixed. The plumbers came back out, did another thorough job of snaking the kitchen drain, and now it drains faster than I think it ever has since we moved into this house. So maybe there was just a clog, something in there that wasn't getting pushed down. It finally was. So that is a good thing because it's good to have a kitchen drain that actually drains. I'm hoping it stays that way. But there are some things going on in the world that I wanted to mention. One was an article talking about the odds because people bet on everything, not just baseball, football, sporting events and all that kind of thing. They bet on presidential elections as well. And the current odds from gambling.com when it comes to the 2024 presidential election has the best odds for winning that with Donald Trump at a three to one clip. Joe Biden is slipped now to four to one. Kamala Harris, six to one, which I think is being very kind to Kamala Harris because the approval ratings on her are so far in the hole that I don't think there's a chance in hell. But we're seeing why the Democrats are already wanting Biden to move to the side to bring in a successor that maybe has a chance to win. And we're a long way from this. We still have the midterms coming up. As it looks now, and this is all just guesswork, but it seems like we might get a bloodbath where the GOP just retakes the House, retakes the Senate, due to the fact that the country is spiraling the drain, even though everything was really good when the last president left. Less than a year later, we have all sorts of problems. You can't get what you want at the grocery store. What you can get, prices have skyrocketed. Gasoline prices have skyrocketed. So if Joe Biden's wondering why, his numbers are down and he claims not to know. I mean, he claims not to have the answers. I think that just shows how far out of touch the man really is, as well as everybody that's advising him. Because you think somebody would be able to uh, lean over and say, uh, Mr. Biden, when people have to pay more for things, they don't like that. When people have to pay so much, for their heating costs in the winter that they can no longer afford it they don't like that they will vote you out but these policies that the leftists want to put in continue to get crazier and crazier and we have to look no further 
than the town of Boston, Massachusetts, who is now as a part of a new law that was just passed back in September, offering 12 weeks of paid abortion leave to anybody that wants it, whether they're male or female. Which, I mean, this doesn't scream out, this is going to be abused, does it? This doesn't scream out something that is just a massive handout that makes zero sense to anybody that has a logical thought in their head. And this may backfire because once you put this out there, that having an abortion is so traumatic, both for the woman, and I know this is misgendering. I mean, this is hateful to say that only women can have kids, but you know, biology. But also for the guy that, you know, spent 13 seconds knocking the woman up, also deserves, if they work for the city of Boston, up to 12 weeks of paid leave because this is such a traumatic experience. It kind of sends the opposite message of what the left wants to send out, which is, well, abortion's no big deal. It's nothing. It's a minor procedure. It's perfectly moral and okay. Why would people be so upset? Including the guy who just donated his sperm. Why would they be so upset if it's not a life? Why would they be so upset if it's no big deal that they would need 12 weeks of paid leave off? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. One of the sponsors of this law was city councilor Lydia Edwards, who said, and I quote, I also wanted to make sure that I addressed a concern expressed to me this, the point of having loss of pregnancy as a lead policy. This is for folks who are pro-choice and were concerned about a stigma being put on a termination or a sense that it is unhealthy or causes pain or causes immense amount of emotional turmoil. This is not the goal of this. In any way, provide additional stigma or something about that, about the termination of a pregnancy in any way, shape, or form. I firmly believe what Counselor O'Malley said, what Counselor Mejia said, what the Counselor Wu and Counselor Asabi George is this. Employees know what they need, and they will express what they need. And we just want to make sure that we have the most compassionate laws to allow for people to say, I need this or I don't. If a person terminates a pregnancy and they do not need this leave, I don't believe they're going to go and write this to you or abuse this policy. I believe they're going to move on with their lives, which is what they're entitled to do in any way, shape, or form. And if they at some point, as Counselor Mejia noted, need to take this leave, they are able to do so within a year. This is meant to just assume people have private lives and that aspects of entering or exiting parenthood is impactful. That's the whole goal. So I wanted to address this to those who may be watching 
and may be concerned about a stigma, end quote. Now, I didn't understand half of what she said. It didn't seem like anything was logical. It didn't seem like she was making a coherent thought, but that explains a lot when it comes to this law, which now means if you're an employee of the city of Boston and you have an abortion or you impregnate somebody who has an abortion, you have a year to decide you want to take three months off paid from the city of Boston to pay you. And they don't believe that any employees are going to misuse this. I Really? You don't think people are going to misuse this? Come on. You're absolutely out of your minds if you don't believe people are going to misuse this. So, I mean, really, if you work for the city of Boston and you're one of these people who thinks abortion is no big deal, well, then you're going to get knocked up and you're going to get an abortion and they're going to be like, hey, three months free vacation. And you can help a buddy out, you know, that impregnates you. You can do the same thing. Three months free vacation from the city of Boston because these people are absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. To not think this is going to be misused. I don't understand how this makes any stigma less. But okay. This is the concept that the left has for everything. Throw a bunch of money at people that do not deserve it. Throw a bunch of money. If you live in the city of Boston, is this what you want your tax money to go for? I would say no if I lived in the city of Boston. But maybe you feel differently. I don't think this has anything to do with the stigma of an abortion. And I do think this is something that might backfire because it's showing you that having an abortion may be such a life-altering thing that maybe people should think twice about doing it. Except for the fact that they might just want to go take a three-month free vacation where they get paid. I don't know. Can you only do this once? Because, you know, you might want to do this over and over again to keep collecting free money from Boston. You never have to show up to work. Or now if you're a guy that works for the city of Boston, the goal is now to impregnate a bunch of women who don't want to be pregnant, and then you never have to go back to work. I think that's really the system that's going to happen in the city of Boston. Will this thing last the long term? Will they be looking to change this law back to get rid of it, to strike it from the book sometime soon? Maybe, but it's hard to say. When you have a bunch of crazy liberals in charge, this is exactly what they want to crash the system, to make things intolerable for people who actually want to work who don't want to see their tax money going for such things. But that's okay. This infrastructure bill that was just passed, Joe Biden's so excited about it. One of the things buried in this infrastructure bill, according to an article on Reason.com, buried inside this massive bill is some verbiage that says, quote, not later than three years after the date of enactment of this act, the secretary shall issue a final rule prescribing a federal motor vehicle standard under Section 30111 of Title 49 U.S. Code that requires passenger motor vehicles manufactured after the effective date of that standard to be equipped with advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology. Yeah, so what this means is 
We are now just a few years away. This isn't like in 50 years, 100 years. We're just a few years away from motor vehicles being equipped by law with sensors that can determine whether or not you have been drinking, whether you're impaired. And if so, the car just won't start, which is maybe one of those things that seems like a good idea. But we've all had cars, I believe, unless you never had a car. But if you've had a car anytime in the last 10, 20 years, you've probably had a sensor go bad at one point or another. And I don't know what that's going to do when the sensor doesn't work and says, oh, you've been drinking and won't let your vehicle start. It's not like it's a uh, assault on your freedom either, is it? Because, you know, you could probably have uh, some large area that you're driving your car around on your own property. And I don't know, then maybe you can't even get the car started to move it. It says the bill defines the technology as a system that can passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may be impaired and to, quote, passively and accurately detect whether the blood alcohol concentration of a driver is above 0.08%. If the system decides that it's not under that mark, then it'll prevent or limit the motor vehicle operation if impairment is detected. It says, certainly this is not coincidental that the auto industry recently unveiled new technology that would satisfy the requirements of the bill by basically building a breathalyzer into every car. So that's what you're going to get soon. Congratulations. Again, more crazy freedom-hating people that are making laws. And in this case, in the infrastructure bill that just passed for like 1.7-something trillion, which they're saying is probably really going to end up being a cost of three, four trillion, maybe more. There's a lot of stuff hidden in these things. As Nancy Pelosi once taught us, you have to pass the bill to see what's in the bill. And now that it's been passed, congratulations. This is the kind of stuff that is being quietly slipped into this and this is where america is going less freedom yay congratulations and remember when we told you about sole omarova the woman that joe biden has nominated to lead the office of comptroller you know the one that really wished for her days back in the soviet union again that wanted to get rid of all private banks and make everything just part of the government that's all good Turns out that she has a retail theft on her record back from 1995 that was eventually dropped as part of a first offender thing. But this is just coming out now. Why? Because the media doesn't cover this stuff. If Joe Biden has a nominee, you're not going to hear this kind of stuff. The media doesn't want to look in to the background of these people. I told you when I talked about her, she wants to steal all your money. And this is the same thing. She was stealing stuff. A long, long time ago, nobody really cares. Again, congratulations on letting people with radical backgrounds run the country. Next week is Thanksgiving. It's hard to believe. And if you're traveling, I wish you well. The TSA is going to be overloaded if you're here in the United States. And if you are having a big Thanksgiving dinner, I hope you have all of the ingredients you need already. The supply chain issues are going to go after your turkey and everything else you need for Thanksgiving. 
I've seen conversations about people saying, oh, you're in, we're not going to let anybody that's unvaccinated in, which I mean, I guess, you know, free country, you get to do whatever you want. This is not a good time to be divisive when it comes to family members, friends, that people should just get back to understanding sanity, that people making a different choice than you aren't necessarily making the wrong choice. Bill O'Reilly talked about this the other day, and it's something that I have covered here and elsewhere, which is the concept of confirmation bias, which is why people who have a more conservative bent will most likely watch Fox News. I know they're less conservative than they used to be, but people with a far left viewpoint will watch CNN or MSNBC because people want to hear that they're right. They want to hear that their viewpoints are good and they want them to be validated. And the tough thing to do if you're looking for the truth, if you're looking for the reality of a situation, you should try to get your information from both sides and understand both sides that when it comes to COVID-19, not everybody that got a vaccination was stupid, you know, if you're a non-vaxxer. And on the other side of that, if you've been vaccinated, not everybody who's unvaxxed is a crazy anti-science loon who just doesn't understand the reality of the situation. Use this time to communicate with people. Use this time to try and find common ground, to try and find understanding. The old adage of when you're getting together for events like this, that you should avoid all talk of things like religion and politics. I like to go the other way. There's nothing wrong with discussing religion and politics. And if there are people that just can't handle the conversation, then okay, maybe you back away a little bit. Because there are some people you're never going to change their mind. There are some people that are so anti-Donald Trump, no matter what kind of facts you throw in front of them, they're never going to believe that Joe Biden isn't saving us from the, the horrible world of Donald Trump and vice versa. It's not all a one-sided thing. But when it comes to people that voted for Joe Biden, it's okay over Thanksgiving to ask them, are you still happy with that vote? Would you do it again? Can you explain to me everything that's happened since? I mean, people are still dying of COVID. I mean, Joe was going to fix that, remember? Prices are skyrocketing. Joe wanted to bring everybody together. It's not happening. Not happening. Again, if people are honest, which most are not when it comes to a lot of these things, they would admit it, and then the world could move along with compromise and people that can actually work together rather than just fighting one side against the other all the time, which is what we've got. What's going on in Kenosha right now as they await the verdict of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? I hope that city doesn't get burned down. I really do. And I hope the people that are in charge of that city have enough law enforcement on the ground to keep things in check because that's the way this country used to work. I mean, you could protest, but the minute you start rioting, 
You went to jail and you didn't get right out and you weren't released without bail. And that's what kept this insanity from happening. You didn't have stores being robbed to the point like the Walgreens and Targets in San Francisco that they actually have to close and move out of the area. We're a nation of law and order, and we need to get back to that and understand that law and order is vital to the nation's health. Now, vital to the health of this podcast are those of you who come in and support the show. We do work on the value for value model that we learned from Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of the No Agenda Show, who are having their 1400th episode on Thursday. Time flies when you're having fun, no doubt about it. But the value for value model means we put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. If you get some value out of the show, you decide how much that is. You put a number on it that means something to you. And then you go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. And you can click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation. You can use the QR codes to use the Bitcoin thing. And you can use the snail mail address if you'd like to go the check money order route. All of those greatly appreciated, as is the time that you all spend listening to the show. Coming in today, though, our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, who I'm sure is having a lot of fun out on the roads, especially now when things start getting a little slippery, get a little icy, but he's out there on the road making sure that the stuff you need is where it needs to be. And we appreciate his support for this show and the other shows that we do. And our buddy from down under, and I hope things are getting better in Australia. Uh, Graham Stanton, $5. And yes, F Cancer, as always. I hope you are doing well. And I hope everybody's doing well. Enjoy these holidays. You never know when they're going to be your last. You never know when things are going to change. It can happen at any time. Stand up for what is important in your life and value every moment we get here on this little blue orb hurtling through space. I believe I will be back next week on Wednesday for another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 